Hello and welcome in, everyone. Welcome to the Eric St. Show podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week. Going with the uh, the crew sweatshirt. I don't know if I like the crew, but it was the last thing in the closet. And it's cold as hell. Uh, kids will be trick-or-treating. And if you remember, if you had to ever trick-or-treat on a cold night, um, you'd be pissed off because your mom would be like, okay, look, uh, uh, bundle up. So you got the whole costume on, and then you got to wear a stupid winter coat and a hat. It just doesn't work. No matter what you say, she won't listen to you. Holy fuck. Very, very annoying. Very, very annoying. Uh, But the kiddo's out. Once again, it will be happening. um, We've got the full complement of candy here at the household. Diane, uh, Diana absolutely uh, discriminates. If she knows the kid, they get like badass giant stuff. She puts in like hundreds of dollars to give away in candy. Hundreds of dollars in candy to give away. And then like the kids, she doesn't know. Like when the poverty kids come from like, uh, you know, neighboring Jenison, you know, she gives them like a dumb, dumb sucker or a Mary Jane or a a circus that opens up a bag of circus peanuts and throws two in their bag unwrapped. If they're lucky, that's the way you got to do it. Let them know. Go back to your neck of the woods. Totally kidding. So yesterday I'm taking a walk and, uh, raised an eyebrow on this. I was like, what the hell was that? As Tyler writes, she might as well give them a note saying, fuck off, kid. Ben Weller says, Mary Janes are awesome. Yeah, you have to be patient, though, when you eat those. Bad idea to bite into a Mary Jane. Or a bit of honey. That shit that uh, young kids do not are not interested in. You know? So uh, yesterday, it's like, okay, I'm going to go and take a walk, all right? Uh, and and that's the end of it. And so I'm walking along. I get to this uh, corner of the neighborhood. It's a, uh, a dead-end cul-de-sac. And as I'm approaching the straightaway that leads to it, I can see a figure walking. And I go, okay. And I could tell it looked like a female walking alone so right away i'm like okay um and i got my headphones on, i'm listening to acdc and i forget it how could i forget acdc and so she is on the uh west side of the side of the cul-de-sac on the sidewalk i'm on the right side and i'm already thinking ahead i go okay she's alone if she sees you 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 don't want to ever make people think that Something's funny. So my plan is to walk in the street, go in the opposite direction. We will um, uh, pass each other when she turns around and comes back. 
But we never got that far. Because I, you know, she looked shadowy. It was that dark. And it is uh, poorly lit in this area. Where she was walking to her left is a ravine. And there's one, two, three pieces of property that she will then encounter. But, again, very shadowy, very, very dark. The house that she's approaching is lit. So the shadow will start to become more illuminated as it gets into the light of this piece of property. Not quite there yet. Still in ravine zone. And then I took my eyes off her for that long. And she was gone. <laughs> it was so weird that I went, hold on, wait. Um, I should be seeing you right now. I haven't taken my eyes off you long enough for you to venture up a driveway or cut across a piece of property's lawn. I don't see a door opening or closing. I take my head headphones off. I hear nothing. The timeline didn't add up. And, you know, it's kind of like there was a, a, a spot that was like edited out. I, I didn't see her venture anywhere. I looked away that long, looked back, not there. And right away, I'm like, what the fuck was that? How did that just fucking happen? And then right away, my uh, brain starts playing, uh, you know, I'm like tricking myself and I'm, I, I'm hearing like the theme from, uh, Whenever like Michael Myers, I'm like, uh oh. Uh, while I'm telling you the story, which I think is fantastic, there is a stupid conversation between Corey and Aram. They are breaking down Mary Jane's and candy. Um, attention, all assholes. They're having a full-on conversation. Aram and Corey. So, thank you, Tyler. That is a yellow card for you two dipshits. Do you think, perhaps, you could just shut the fuck up and enjoy the show. I'm telling you about my uh, ghosts and goblins moment. And you dicks are off and running with a dumb fuck story. God damn. Aram is sitting down with that yellow card. And Corey, have a seat. Enjoy your 10 minutes, assholes. Kent says they need to save that for free beer and hot wings. That's a hot conversation for them. My God. Patrick says the same thing. There is a show for breaking down candy. It's the free beer and hot wings show. All right. Now, that's a yellow card for you. Thank you to Maureen for the cards. If you get the red, you're fucked. 
Don't make me whip out the red. I was mildly concerned after that. Kenny says maybe she fell into the ravine. I honestly, I checked. It was that sudden. I was like, where the fuck? Who? Huh? That was fucking weird. All right. I got an update from our pal Nikki in Maine. Uh, Nikki works at the um, local hospital. Wet that uh, remember when the uh, just last week when the Maine shooting happened? Uh, she works at a hospital where the uh, one of the docs had to give the uh, staff a pep talk that they were going to see some action after the Maine mass shooting. There was uh, one hospital that got pretty much everybody, but. Uh, they would be helping out. And uh, we played that video and that uh, that one doc said, hey, look, uh, you guys are, are doing awesome. Uh, I was in Boston during the bombing and uh, you guys are a hell of a lot better than them or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, I know. Nikki writes this. Hey, uh, I may be just being an asshole here. But Robert Card, the killer, was found five minutes from my house in Lisbon. And someone has suggested putting up a quote-unquote caring bench for him in Lisbon. And this subject line is, my town is stupid. To show his family we are thinking of them. She adds, I have nothing against his family. They did nothing wrong. I think we can agree with that. And they are grieving just as much as everyone else. So they wanted to do one bench for the 18 victims and a bench for Robert Card. She asked, why should he get his own bench? She adds, I feel like his bench will get vandalized in a matter of minutes. I'm not for it. Am I an asshole? By the way, by uh, looking at the thread, it's pretty divided about the bench. Uh, okay. She sent me the link, and uh, I, I joined the group on Facebook because I want to read it with my own eyes. Uh, after they approve my membership, I want to go over the uh, tail of the tape on this of uh, uh, someone who who thinks that uh, we need a, a a park bench to honor the guy who killed everyone. I can't think of anything that is a uh, a worse idea. Holy shit! My God, uh, ideas that are better than that. Uh, building the community of Pompeii underneath a volcano. And I'm too tired and dopey to actually come up with another example. What a horrible fucking idea. The Robert Card Memorial Caring Bench. This is something that you don't even think about 
bringing up in any way, shape, or form. There's never a good time to discuss the Robert Card carrying bench. The dick fuck who killed everyone in Maine. By the way, I'm learning more about this. Uh, I saw on the Today Show that um, this, uh, it appears the ball was dropped. Of course. We talked about on the show, it should be so simple that, um, you know, if you walk in to buy a weapon, in addition to a long form background check, there should be a national database with after just a few keystrokes, after a gun dealer logs in, it should say red check mark, green check mark. Don't sell or sell. This guy, when he bought the weapon, he actually, it asked him, uh, have you been in a mental institution or some shit like that? Or have you uh, needed mental help? He said yes. Okay. He actually agreed to it. The family went ahead and told the uh, sheriff's department and whoever would listen that this guy, uh, they're concerned that he might actually shoot something up. Uh, In the days leading up to the mass shooting, the local sheriff's department went to his trailer and banged down the door and he wasn't around. And so that's it. They just said, oh, well, he's not home. Uh, it's, it's so many damn steps, so many drop balls. It, every time you work backwards from a mass shooting, it seems like we're more and more hearing about um, uh, things leading up to it that w- could have made this completely preventable. I uh, just saw there was a story about the uh, uh, Ethan Crumbly who shot up the high school in, uh, in Michigan here. And um, just drop ball after drop ball. When it came to the protocol between like the uh, school principal, the teachers, the counselors, the mom and dad, all people that should be held accountable in hindsight. But as long as you guys are comfortable talking about candy, mediocrity Dave says, I wouldn't name a city dump after Robert Card. Uh, Chris says, so what the fuck will more background checks do? Um, Well, the fact that there can be a background check, you can see that someone's fucked up and then somehow he still winds up with a gun. It's remarkable that the um, uh, system is, it seems like people who sell these things can actually interpret, interpret and decide on who gets a gun. It should be streamlined, um, national database. What I've said a hundred times before, they should start with that immediately. Tyler said that would entail being proactive, which we know our country has zero interest in. Young Adam Schwab says the uh, park bench is right up there with the John Wilkes Booth Memorial Park they tried to build in Virginia. I didn't know about that one. That makes sense, though. I mean, Virginia was like a hotbed for slaves. I mean, people slaves would actually uh, uh, arrive on boats in Virginia. 
Those crazy fucking Virginians probably still want slavery. Patrick says it's like giving Ted Bundy a bench. Wenji Ben Weller says Laffy Taffies are under are underrated. Don't get me started. Ryan had some well-deserved timeouts this morning. Uh, referring to the yellow card, green card. Amy says, Maureen, I hope you bought 100 spares since he we all, since we all know he will lose them without a doubt. You guys know me. Uh, all right. Uh, when Adam wrote, it's right up there with the John Wilkes Booth Memorial Park they tried to build in Virginia. He then adds, I made it up. Oh, fuck. Shit, it seemed like that was actually something that I would believe. Absolutely remarkable. So, no answer, going back to what I was talking about before I started banning people. Uh, No resolution there. The person, to me, it seems like she just vanished into thin air. Unless, of course, the amount of time that I thought that I pulled my eyes away from her was longer than I thought. Because I was rocking out to Power Age from ACDC, which from beginning to end might be the greatest ACD, ACDC album ever. Um, bon Scott, the lead singer. Holy shit, what a fantastic piece of work that is. Uh, update for you. Ben and I had a conversation this morning and we think Justin quit his podcast. The No Please podcast. He has uh, he hasn't updated his uh, free platform in quite some time, and we literally cannot find him on Patreon. That would be a record amount of time for someone to start something like a uh, a a a pay platform and quit it so quickly. Didn't he start by saying, "Oh, I have been living to do podcasts." I don't know. Maybe we broke his heart or something by ripping him a new asshole. I reached out to uh, Nick, one of the audience members here and subscriber on Patreon, who is a pal with Justin and uh, see if I could get some answers because I kind of wanted to do who are these Justins this week. Um, but I haven't, I haven't, haven't been able to get an answer. Uh, last night, I got wind that our very own President Trump was branching out. And I want to get into that now. I don't have this footage yet, but I will. And when I get it, I'll share it with you. But I, my phone started um, notification after notification that our very own Trump, President Trump, um, called up our pals at the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. Because I the they have a um, a thing they do once a month where they all saunter back to the radio station and uh, they they go live for an hour and I I don't even understand it it's nothing really different than what they already do we've talked about this when we do who are these free beers 
They go all the way back to the station, and for one hour, they will do this uh, one, one day a month, what they call virtual live at night. And um, someone said, hey, uh, I, Trump just got on there with them. I was like, oh, boy. So I reached, I sent a uh, message to his secretary and uh, I got to, I got to find out what precipitated this. Good morning. This is president Trump. How are you big fraud? Mr. President, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Never it's better. More important questions. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's uh never better. It's, it's Halloween. Uh, I don't know what things will be like at Mar-a-Lago. Are you giving anything away, sir? I wish I was at Mar-a-Lago, but, you know, much like Halloween, there's so many crooked witches, witch hunts and things that I'm going after. You know, these it's all election interference, big fraud. They've got crooked Joe Biden, don't forget, and his radical left thugs. They waited three years to bring these indictments and lawsuits against me right in the middle of my most tremendous campaign. I think they totally should have waited maybe until after the election because it's so... It's so much interference, the radical left judges and all these people. And they're telling me that I can't even speak big fraud. They're, they're yeah. telling me they have gag orders and such forth. Right, right. And then you wander out to the hallway and then you like will say something. So then they bring you back and then they yell at you. And you're like, they, they can even hear you. They don't even need to look online. They can just open the door and you're out there talking shit about them. Well, so it's so awful what they're doing to our great country. I mean, they're silencing maybe the best president since George Washington. I mean, this is the, everyone in America should feel so so badly for what is happening in our country. It's becoming more like Russia, don't you think, Big Fred? Uh, you know, I can't say. I uh, I I can't. I don't have anything to compare it to. I've I haven't been to Russia. Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't speak from experience, sir. And you know, I like to speak. I have been to Russia. Let me assure you, I have been to Russia. Russia, I could have been, we could have been good friends. We could have been good friends with Vladimir. We could have been great friends, actually. I think it's good to have the bad guys as your friends. But big, big fraud, Joe Biden said no, no, no to that. He let him, he let him go into Ukraine, big fraud. He let him go into Ukraine. I I never would have let that happen. Well, that's the thing. I was talking on the show and. Um, as much of a jackass as you are, I, I don't think that the uh, Hamas attacks Israel and I don't think that Russia invades Ukraine. If you are in office. Totally. This never would have happened. I would have had the best deals ever made. You would have seen maybe the best deals. These things would have been over before they ever started. You probably never would have heard about it because I'm such a tremendous president. <laughs> I probably would have solved them so quickly and no one would talk about it. Uh, sir, speaking of quickly i guess you quickly made an appearance on another radio show yesterday sir the uh, world famous free bear and hot wing show is that is that what what the happened nationally syndi- yes the nationally syndicated program the free bear and hot wings morning show i guess they were doing it at night right so my publisher said give them a call they're just answering phones and not even screening them my publisher said this so i called and i got on the air it was tremendous so you know how would you compare the size of that audience to the size of my audience, sir. Well, they're doing, they've got big numbers. I think they're at a 30 share or something like that. I think you're very puny when you think about it. And of course, they're nationally syndicated stations, I understand, that don't even exist. 
But maybe the maybe maybe they do exist. We don't know. We don't. We don't know. Um, I, I, yeah. There, there's definitely a, a little bit more, uh, more clout to getting on that show, sir. Are you, are you rethinking joining me on this show and maybe taking all of your, uh, uh, et, uh energy and putting it towards that show? There's so much Trump to go around. I don't know why I would, I would limit myself. I mean, why would I limit myself? Big fraud. Let's be so honest about that. I mean, your audience is very different. You're liberal. You're so liberal. And we've got, we've got good conservatives. We've got maybe patriots that listen to the Free Beer Not Wing show. Okay. You know, he's in places like Tennessee and these places. And uh, Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls, Iowa, I believe. <laughs> I believe they, they're, they're broadcasting from there as well. So well, yeah. it's just tremendous their reach. Okay. Wow. How about that? Well, how did it go? I mean, uh, here uh, the, the president of the United States calls them. Uh, uh, what was your impression of how it unfolded? Well, I, you know, I don't know that it went so well. I got to be completely honest. They have this, they have this trashy producer guy. His name is Steve or something. And he's sitting over there in the corner. He's wearing a mask. They gave me the video. And he's, he's trying to, he's trying to suggest that the, that, that this wasn't real, that I was some kind of fraud like you, some kind of big fraud, because he tried to say that I'm an impressionist. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why anyone would say that, that this is Donald Trump. Was he confused? Or, was he confused? Your old, your old, yeah, he was totally confused. And your old boy, homeboy, uh, Greg, he was he he knew it was me immediately. Well, of course, I'm sure he they all did. Typing, he, of course, he started typing on his computer to his little friends in the room right away. Oh, okay, wow, that's interesting. I uh, so did you kind of like um, make a good impression because uh, it's you know it's who knows who knows what they were thinking, right? You know, watching the video feed when I was talking to him, I don't know. I think I think Greg had a had a good laugh out of it, but the the you know the faces that were going around the room, you get it around the room, maybe weren't so great. Oh, okay. So uh, you they they might have to have like a uh, a little meeting as to whether or not they were happy with that. I don't know. Perhaps. Well, I mean, Steve clearly runs the show. I think he's the only one actually putting the show together. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's on the Trump train. Oh, okay. So you can always sense when you're not winning everyone in the room and then maybe it, it was, okay. Will you ever try to get back on? I'm going to try. Of course, I'm going to try. My publicist says it's an excellent opportunity. You know, we need the opportunities right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of the biggest campaign in American history. And we've got so many bad things going on in this country. And I need to get out there in front of it and tell the great people the great story of Trump and the Trump is so great. And I think, I think people are on board. I know your fans are probably the biggest supporters. Okay. Well, wow. So, sir, is there any way we can like get this audio and video? Um, I, I mean, I would like to share it with the audience here. I would like to be able to get my hands on this. I had my publicist reach out to CUNY weenie Steve. And I said, we need the video. We need the video. We need it for the Trump campaign. I could probably get it and send it to you. I suppose I could have my publicist do well, that. If that's could you have, well, in. could you just tell Steve to send it to me? I mean, I, you know, we're not exactly on speaking terms, but. Now, why is that big fraud? Didn't, isn't this a place you used to work? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think Steve is um, kind of guilty by association. Is there anyone in your life like that? Or you, you, you're not going to speak to them because of. Uh, who they uh, oh, like Mike Pence, like Mike Pence, exactly. by the way, he dropped out. He, he finally said, he said, he's not going to do it. He can't do it. He didn't have the numbers. And he, he, 
he was so weak when he fell out. He said, I guess I'm going to spend my campaign as some ridiculous nonsense. Wow. It was terrible. Terrible. Did you hear this news? No. Well, yeah, I, I did hear that uh, Pence dropped out. It was no surprise. It barely was a blip on the uh, on the radar because he was, I mean, uh, I understand that in Iowa, out of 44 voters, 43 would vote for you and one, one, he had 1% of the- We uh, were doing bang up numbers in, in SUFOs, probably the biggest numbers. And to be honest with you, Mike Pence, I mean, he's kind of a piece of trash. I think it's very funny, very funny. I laugh so much at it, actually, when you think about it, because Mike Pence, he think of all the money he wasted on this useless campaign. Exactly. He probably, whatever money he had, he, he probably put into this thing, and it was so miserable, so miserable. What, a, what an absolute loser when you think about it. He's such a loser, so a loser, too. He didn't even call. And, of course, I wouldn't have answered it. I mean, I'm so honest. But I understand your <laughs> hatred of Steve. It's probably very similar to my hatred of, of Mike Pence. I mean, I wanted the guy hung. Right, I'm right. Sure you yeah. would probably want the same of Steve if you think about it. Sir, um, was there uh, someone on there uh, named Kelly who referred to you as, uh, and this is from Tyler in the audience. He writes, uh, did anybody uh, call you President Trump with like a crispy R? I don't know if you know what a crispy R is. You know, the, the funny thing is I called into the show, Big Fraud. Get this. I called into the show and they did. I did not hear any women speaking. I called out the little girl. I know they have a little girl on the show. I called it out, and she never even defended herself. I mean, it was so ridiculous. When a you little think girl, about it. a little girl. You mean like a like a like a like a kid? They've got a kid there. They're sitting on the microphone. They put Steve on the microphone, and they put this little girl over in the corner. I don't know what she provides to the show, but it's not very good. In fact, if you look at a big front, when I was when I was a little younger, I better be honest with you. I, you know, I used to do the Howard Stern show and things. I could tell Howard. I could tell Howard. You know, if a chick was going to be fat someday, just by looking at them. <laughs> and when I look at this, what is her name? I don't even know her name. Do you, you know the name? Well, there's two. There's two women. There's uh, Kelly and there's um, son of a bitch. It's not Rachel. Um, God damn it. She's got Marilyn bl- or something. Marilyn, Ma- yeah, Maitland. Her That's Marilyn. it. Maitland. It's Maitland. Ma- Maitland. What a terrible name, by the way. <laughs> but Maitland. I thought it was Marilyn. She, she's going to be so fat. You can just tell by looking at her. You, you know, there's going to be so many pounds gained. I don't, I don't know, sir. Face. I don't know about that. She looked- I'm an expert. I mean, Howard, Howard would know. Okay. I used to talk to him all the time about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And, it, Howard Stern, by the way, what a wonderful wife. His wife, Beth. What a, what a tremendous person. Really? She's, she would never be fat like Maitland. She, She's extremely liberal, sir. I, I'm, I'm surprised you would say that about Howard's wife. I thought you 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 hate liberals. Well, the funny thing about Howard is, you know, we used to be great friends. We used to be great friends. And then as soon as the presidency happened, I don't hear from him anymore. And I know he goes on his little puny show, which nobody listens to anymore. It's on some satellite or something. Nobody listens to it. And he sits there trashing on me, which is so funny because if you go back to the tapes, I mean, this guy loved me. Right, right. Well, he changed his mind. I mean, that's okay, right? I mean, people change their minds all the time. I mean, you used to be, well, a, you I, used I mean, to be a Democrat. I used to be a Democrat, yeah. if you think about it. Come on. Right? Yeah. But so can't... did Ronald Reagan, probably. All right. Well, sir, um, that's fantastic. So if you could maybe um, uh, tell your people. But if you. If you have any more pictures of women you'd like to know if they're going to be fat someday, you should send them my way. I'm, I've got like a superpower. All right. All right, sir. That's uh, that's good to know that you have such a uh, intuition 
but I don't have anybody in mind that I'm curious about. All right. Well, you know, someday it's going to happen and you're going to say, you know, I, I want to know. And the offer is extended to you anytime you've got a picture of a female, particularly if she's naked. I don't know. It helps, it helps me see the future okay. when you can see the nakedness. Well, you know? uh, that that's all kind of weird. But, sir, I you know what? I, uh, I, I should be jealous that you called um, my old show, but I, I'm not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by it. I don't know why you would be jealous. In fact, I forgot you were ever on it. I mean, that was so long ago, probably. But I mean, I mean, they've got big numbers. They're doing big numbers, and I right. thought this would be an excellent avenue for Donald Trump to get on. And okay, I don't know if they're going to take me up on it. I don't know, sir. Uh, I appreciate that. I would love to get my hands on that material, and then I can see for myself how it went down. Okay. No, I hope I hope you do. It was. I think I did wonderfully, wonderfully, actually. All right, I got. So many things to do in court today, big fraud. Take care. Okay, sir. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, he didn't even quit in a rage. He doesn't get angry at me until I try to, like, wrap him up, you know? Uh, Cole asks, did you plug Big big Fraud's show when you were on Free Burn Hot Wings? I, I have no idea. Uh, maybe we'll ask him next time. But if I can get that audio and that video, I don't know if I can. Uh Rest assured, I will share that with you. Hmm. Uh, Aram is back after the yellow. Uh, he and Corey both, who I'm sure that they're like, God, yeah, easy is right. We were discussing candy. We were having a conversation in the audience. God damn. Let's talk about, I mean, give me some jokes. I can't write my own jokes, for God's sake. It's a perfect opportunity for you to write yours. But I can't see any jokes when you two knuckleheads are having a conversation about Halloween candy. No more. Corey, you've already been warned. Aram, you too. Another yellow, and that's it. I'll just give, forget the yellow. I'm giving you a red. Can you get a double yellow? I don't know. I don't know shit about soccer. All right. Thanks to Trump. Very, very cool. Uh, Patreon is available for you. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I, uh, I, I talked to Ben and uh, I'm like, buddy, uh, do you want to go live on Wednesday with the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast? He said... Well, I can only do Thursday, Friday, but maybe Wednesday, I'll have to get back with you. Wednesday's tomorrow. If Ben cannot go Wednesday, um, we're kind of screwed because Thursday I leave for up North. I have some, uh, a list of chores that your old pal easy has to do to get the place ready for winter. So I would, reg- I would hate that, but, um, I will keep you posted as to whether or not we are going to have a big fraud Wednesday as part of the Eric Zane show podcast. It's either going to be all or nothing. All right. Um, a lot of things on Patreon that I have to cover with you, uh, including, um, the review of the NFK's lost and forgotten video from 2020 which gives you a little bit of insight into what I 
uh, not so much now, but used to deal with on a regular basis when he would rage out for the smallest things. I have actual video of him doing it where he accidentally recorded himself when he thought he was taking a picture. Um, when he was trying to take a picture on his new fucking track phone or some shit. Uh, this one right here. This phone. I found this phone and that video is on there. That will all be on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. You can sign up for one week free and get access to um, all of my Who Are These Free Beers episodes. All of my Who Are These Zanes episodes. And on and on and on. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. You can sign up free for seven days. Seven day free trial. You can sign up, cancel it right then. And then you still get the seven days. It's that risk free. So if you're like, oh, I know, I know what he's doing. He's hoping I'm going to forget. And then, and then I'm going to get charged. Well, if you do forget and you haven't canceled it, yes, you will get charged because you put in a payment form in there. But like legit, if you sign up and then cancel it, I don't give a shit. That's fine. You're still getting the seven days. So, I mean, at the very least do that. Sign up, cancel. Then at seven days, if you're like, this thing sucks, you won't be charged. What I'm trying to get you to do is try it. And if you try it, more often than not, people then go, okay, I can get behind this. I'll give him five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month. And then that's it. And then you have fun with it. That's how I do it. Completely risk-free. That is the Eric Zane Show podcast policy. Uh, for now, though, on this platform, which is the free one, all here for you on Twitch. Uh, the I'm going to end up kicking you folks that are on Facebook, X, and YouTube out right now. But uh, if you want more of the show, it is uninterrupted Monday through Friday on Twitch. So download the Twitch app, search Eric Zane Live, and off you go. Audio podcast available wherever you download shows. Just search Eric Zane Show Podcast. I prefer Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there, and uh, you can enjoy the audio on demand. Twitch also has on-demand video for you. Uh, Twitch, download the Twitch app and search Eric Zane Live. If you want to email me, drop me a note on the Shoreliners striping inbox, eric at ericzaneshow.com. As we say goodbye to the Facebook, X, and YouTube audience. Okay, before we get back into it, A&E Heating and Cooling at 616-516-8579 has a new special to get your furnace tuned up. Now, the special is, is that it's free. I'm not even kidding you. Risk-free for you. Now, I don't think Joe Martinez and his crew at A&E Heating and Cooling can do everyone who calls so you might want to get on this quickly. He has a deal with DTE Energy. He has been contracted by DTE Energy to be the official furnace tune-up team for the gas company. And if you get your furnace tuned up from Joe, he shows up, tunes it, and leaves. That's it. No money leaves your hands. He then turns in the paperwork and DTE pays him the 79 bucks. So it's fucking free. He is the only furnace service 
uh, company that has this, and you can take advantage of it right now. Call them up, 616-516-8579. Free furnace cleaning and tune-up, 79 bucks. I don't even need to say the price because you're not paying it. 616-516-8579. Schedule right now. Thank you to Throat Slash Dale. Superior cleaning and power washing. All right, we're kind of getting to the point of the year where it's so goddamn cold. Um, there's probably still a few days left that Dale can get it done for you. But if you want the house power washed, uh, maybe the sidewalk, landscaping, pool deck, um, a lot of people might wait till the uh, till you know after the winter, but that's totally fine. He can clean your roof off. Uh, he also uh, specializes in janitorial services. Hood cleaning at restaurants. If you want an estimate for any of these things and even get your snow plowed in the Muskegon, Michigan area, Dale at Superior Cleaning and Power Washing, 231-740-4098. A few days ago when I was talking about DIY jobs, I don't even remember how I got on the topic, but I promised you it might have been on Friday that I was going to retell the story of when I put in my own check valve. And you can blame Joe Martinez for this or congratulate him because he's the one who encouraged me to change the check valve. Now, as far as it goes, this is an easy job. You have that pump in your well in your basement that goes off so much you don't even notice it. And as that thing fills up, that little float like it's in your toilet tank rises. And when it it goes up, it triggers the pump. The pump pulls water out of the well so it doesn't flood your basement. And it goes up that pipe and out of the house. And then whatever is still in the pipe has to come back down. So it's going to go down to the check valve. Water can leave it. It won't let water in. My check valve was faulty over time it wore out it needed to be replaced i go joe what i mean can you come fix this he goes you can do this now all the while he's got his fucking fingers crossed convinces me to go buy one cheap and uh you know on either side of it it's got those, um, uh, you like turn a screw and then a, a metal band gets tighter or looser depending on which way you're turning the screw. Some would call it like a clamp because it's clamp-like and called a clamp. So loosen screw, loosen screw, remove bad check valve, Put new check valve on, clamp over, tighten, 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 tighten. That's it. Now, it's still not clear if he knew about this next part, but he had installed a backup to the electric pump. So I had the electric pump unplugged. There's no power to the electric pump. He had uh, installed a backup pump that 
uh, is not powered by electricity. If I understand this correctly. So if there's a power failure in the home, the pump, when it needs to pump water out, is still triggered by and powered by water pressure somehow. I don't get it. All I know is that if that fucking pump is unplugged, that pump is still hot. And it pushes one gallon of water in and pulls two gallons out. And it goes off quite a bit because it's uh, not as much as leaving because the, the net water reduction is smaller because you're putting one in and two out. And that's just to get you until the power comes back on. So you don't flood your fucking basement. I have no fucking idea. This thing is there. I think, okay, I'm unplugged. And I, I I'm like narrating to him through text. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got that done. Now I'm getting ready to put it on. Now, the second I unplug that fucking thing, the fuse is lit. I have now uh, taken the pump off or uh, the uh, check valve off and I'm putting the new one on, but it's not on. And sure as fucking shit, that thing erupts. And it's, oh my God, it's like putting, uh, turning on a fire hose. And so it goes, and it goes everywhere. It's like a bomb. And I am instantly head to toe right in the face. And it's going everywhere because the, you know, the catch valve is, is kind of a little bit on. So, um, it would have just shot up to the ceiling. Instead, it's going sideways all over the fucking place. There's water on the dripping off the walls, on the furnace, uh, all throughout the basement. There's water everywhere. And I'm like, oh, God, no. And I'm using my hand trying to block it. It's like fucking when they were delousing John Rambo. Oh, fuck. I'm like, holy shit. And then it stops. It's now blasted me with two gallons of water. And now I have seconds before it happens again. I had to get that fucking thing on as quickly as possible. I did get it on. And then the first thing I did was I picked up the phone. I go, you fucking asshole. You knew that. You knew that was going to happen. He denied it. Said, no, I had no idea. Uh, How much of this story is he getting right? Kenny asks Joe Martinez. I guess it's powered by a battery somehow. God damn, that was rough. So you need to uh, confirm or deny. How, uh, tell, ask Kenny how much of this story is, is correct. I think 100% of this story is correct. My God. Leave it to Kenny to try to find out if there's any embellishment. Uh, Kenny says, Joe needs to stop by again. Yes, eventually he will. Joe says 100% accurate. All right. Um, We're talking about the four horsemen of annoying. Amanda says she's out of the top four. Well, yeah. You know, that was a while ago. Don't forget, um, you were acting like you knew what happened to Matthew Perry, which 
it, it, that is a little annoying. Know it all, Amanda. But you are still out of the top four. Uh, Hurricane Ashley, not in the top four. Amanda, not in the top four. Uh, Kenny, I don't know. Aram and Corey are based on today. I think Kenny, what he does is he benefits by um, lifetime achievement. It gets harder and harder for him to be off of the four horsemen of annoying uh, every time he's put back on that list. In fact, I don't even know if I have four of you right now. Uh, ben Weller says, is there a centralized posting of the top four somewhere? No, there is not. Um, something else that I want to tie a loose end on the discussion from over the weekend about the fans throwing foam pucks down onto the ice. Uh, that moment at the hockey game where, you know, one warning from the ref, two warnings from the, from the ref announcements being made. And then after the, uh, tying goal, all those pucks came down. Ref had to call a penalty. That ends up being the reason why the Griffins lost. And uh, that was that. I forgot who mentioned it, but someone brought up. I don't even know if someone brought this up. It might have just popped into my brain. And I, uh, I, never, I never told it. I didn't tell it when we were talking about throwing the cups. But it isn't the first time that people have thrown shit on the ice. Uh, years ago. Probably like 15 years ago. The team gave away uh, these plastic luminescent mugs with the team logo on it. First 5,000 fans get a mug. So you got 5,000 mugs with, um, and they're the type of plastic setup where inside of them, there is a liquid the same type of material you'd find in like a glow stick. So then the lights go out and it looks like 5,000 glowing orbs in the, in the crowd is really cool. Well, the refs did something that pissed the fans off and one cup flew. And that's all it took. Because raining down are 5,000 uh, uh, fluorescent green comets flying out of the stands, crashing down onto the ice. They would all break, and then the luminescent jizz would go all over the ice. So the whole ice is scattered with uh, uh, sprays of luminescent liquid. That It's, it's incredible. And then... The unthinkable happened. Some lady in the front is holding a baby. And the cup came, a cup came flying in and actually hit the baby in the head. Oh, fuck. My God. Talk about an ass kicking. You're act I'm actually holding the microphone and going, stop. Stop! No! Stop! Hit a baby with a mug. A child was fine. 
the the parents though, you know, you something happened to a baby at a hockey game. Kids fine, so the parents probably wanted to sue though. Jesus, that was uh, that was something. Uh, there was something that happened also during a playoff game. It might have even been in like a conference final or something like that. And same deal. Uh, fans start throwing stuff. And I had to break that wall. And I was like, stop, stop, stop. I'm, I'm yelling at people to stop. And then I actually did the old Bobby Knight lecture. I said, fans, this is Grand Rapids. We don't do this here. We don't do that here. And um, amazingly, they listened. And after the game, I'm walking off of the ice and the commissioner of the league happened to be there. And he actually stopped me. And he goes, in 30 years of hockey, I have never, ever seen anybody do what you just did. He's like blowing smoke up my ass. I think he wanted to blow me because he was so happy that I was screaming people down from the PA booth. Uh, Florida man says the statement that the team released was excellent. Well-written ass kicking. I don't know that statement. I think I got to look at it. Florida man, eight fourteen says the baby grew up to tell awful jokes years later. Ben is that baby. I want to see this, uh, statement by the hockey team. Let's see. Griffin's. Grand Rapids Griffins statement from the hockey team concerning fans throwing things on the ice. <laughs> Boy, they post a lot. Oh my God. Griffin stage a memorable, memorable comeback against Cleveland tonight at Van Andel arena scoring twice in the final three Oh four to force overtime. Unfortunately, the actions of a few attendees erased our team's momentum and cost us a chance at victory. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to save this. I'm not going to read this. Sorry, I'm having mouse problems right now. I'm going to I'm get into this. Um, there's a, Wood TV did a story that I want to check out. Okay. From the game. Audio check. Nope. Video. No, no, we don't. We sure don't have the video. Uh -huh. Having to change magazines. He fired 154 rounds in around yeah. four minutes and I'm killed 26 people. There's some possible fallout today after a few rogue hockey fans stopped play action Friday night at the Van Andel Arena, and that may have cost the Griffins a win. News 8's Megan Bunchman joins us now with more on the story. Well, Rick, while the season just started for the Grand Rapids Griffins, what happened last Friday at home may mean big changes moving forward. Shot save, shot save, another one stopped. It was a fast three-minute finale for the Griffins as they came from behind during Friday night's game against the Cleveland Monsters. Well, Hiroshi with a shot, rebound, loose out of front, score! score! 
But just as the game tied up with less than 30 seconds on the clock, nine rowdy fans threw their foam pucks onto the ice, forcing a delay of game penalty against the Griffs. Some knuckleheads want to throw pucks on, and then let's be honest, I mean, I love Grand Rapids fans, but there's about nine of them out there. And while Cleveland scored... I don't know how anybody settled on that number. On the ensuing power play in OT, team officials say the action of a few may have cost Grand Rapids a three-game winning streak at home. And it just cost the Griffins a penalty. Now that's terrible. Did you... You could actually hear me say on the PA, this is ridiculous. Streak at home. And it just cost the Griffins a penalty. Now that's this terrible. Fans, don't throw anything out of the ice. The foam pucks are part of the team's Throw for Dough fundraiser, which raised upwards of $34,000 last season to help the Griffs fund community programs at various schools, organizations, and nonprofits. All that is lost. Nobody... Uh, $34,000. So that is, that's a fantastic fundraiser. And now it might, now it's in jeopardy. But after Friday's game, the team released a statement that said, quote, our organization is actively looking at all possible changes for this promotion to ensure that this activity does not happen at a future game. We got people throwing pucks on the ice. Yeah, don't do that, folks. Great. Oh, did you hear Larry? Great. Well, that was right when the ref said, hey, I'm calling a penalty. And I had to get on the mic and say, yeah, we're getting a penalty. Pucks on the ice. Yeah, don't do that, folks. Great. Several of the individuals involved were escorted out of the arena. And the organization said it has identified every owner of each puck thrown and their actions will be addressed. You should have published their names. Now, next up, the Griffs are headed to Cleveland to take on the Monsters once again. The puck drops Wednesday night. Emily. Oh, my God. What a shit show. Son of a bitch. Uh, Kenny says, stupid fans, stupid hippies. Yes, that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to, I'll, I'll get it, I'll, I'll make it up to you. Instead of raising their sticks to salute the fans at the end of the game, they should have all given the crowd the finger. Nick says, bullshit penalty when it was just one small group. I could see if the entire crowd is throwing stuff like that. Finals game, you had to yell at the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was something. I remember the look on the ref's face. Uh, after the first one, he was annoyed. The second one, he's like, all right. And then the third one, he's like, I have to, I think he was hearing it from the coach of the other team. And what happens is if that's a rule and he chooses not to enforce it, then the ref gets in trouble. The refs are scrutinized, uh, very thoroughly after every single game. So. I think they're like, well, I have to. I don't want to. I don't want to get yelled at for not doing what I'm supposed to do. You know. Uh, how about my lions last night? They're back to being my lions. Uh, they beat the hell out of the Raiders. Now streaming on Hulu. It was. It was. It wasn't like that big of a victory. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a huge pile of shit. Um, there was more than one time that Devonte Adams was wide open and he overthrew him by like a ton. 
okay? Uh, the Lions should have won that game like 45-7. to seven. Uh, This is Motor City Dan Campbell's post-game speech. Everybody loves this guy. You know, I'm a big fan, too. I love this guy as well. That's what it all said. That's what I expected. That's what we all expected. All right, you guys came to work, and, and we got six. Dude, we got six at the bottom, gentlemen. We got six at the bottom. We're sitting right at the top, right where we need to be, and now we get a little time to heal up. If I'm them, though, I'm still, even though I just won that game against the Raiders, I'm still hurting from that ass-kicking from Baltimore. What a slaughter that was. Now, I do have one game ball. Defense. 157 total yards. Six sacks. Wow. Nine quarterback hits, seven TFLs, and one interception. Oh, yeah. Okay, so defense gets a game. And then the running back. Yeah, game ball. This game ball. Aaron Glenn. Look at the size of this guy. That's the way to step back up, go to work, and man, the sky's the f-ing limit. All right? We will see you tomorrow. We'll clean this tape up. Life's good, brother. Uh, I'm still not convinced. Okay, I was um, the first round of Kool-Aid consumption. And then after the Baltimore loss, uh, it's going to take me a few weeks to get over that one. You know? Uh, Plus, Goff threw a pick six. That was ugly. There was a lot wrong with that game. Uh, Kenny's talking about Jameer Gibbs, a running back. Who's not even our number one. You know, he's got uh, David Montgomery is the number one. Kenny says that rookie running back is just going to get better and better. Tyler says Devontae Adams was pissed after the game. Well, I don't blame him. He's the best receiver in football. And you have this pile of shit quarterback who can't do fuck. My God, was he terrible. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, whatever. Lions have the uh, have the week off and then uh and then back at it. I'm I'm gonna take a break. Yo pal EZ has to go tinkle. So I'm gonna do that, come back, and uh we have Oops, rest in peace to your ears. More to talk about. Stand by. All right, I'm back. Uh as I look at the email. I have been sent. Um, the moment that Trump got on the free beer and hot wings show. I have not yet reviewed it, so I have no idea how it sounds or how it picks up, but I'm going to save that for the Patreon. I would like to do it with Ben, but we will see if whether or not he can uh, do the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast on Wednesday. So I'm just going to hang on to that in my back pocket for now. Not yet sure when I'll release that. I'll talk about it and I'm sure you'll hear, but, um, 
Yeah, it's it's going to be a Patreon thing. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I'll hang on to that. Uh, San Francisco 49ers have lost three in a row. Holy shit. They were 5-0 and at one point. Now they're 5-3. and three. Seattle is near the top. The Lions are near the top. Philly has one loss. They're, uh, let's see, I think seven and one. The Lions are six and two. Best team in football, Kenny points out. Jacksonville. I should say hottest team in football. They've won five in a row. But I, I still, I can't get past what happened to the Lions at Baltimore. I don't understand how a team can perform so well up to that point and then just actually perform like they don't know how to play football. My God. All right, moving on. Story, I think I talked about this um, when it happened, but there is an update. This Texas high school principal uh, is one of these schools where, you know, when the kids show up at school, they get to send like the uh, parent, the the teachers and the administrators send home the parent packet. You know, uh, and, and one of the things in the parent packet at in this school district in East Texas is uh, if you want to have your child beaten, if he or she fucks up, I'm not kidding you. Overton High School. The parents get a note from Principal Hogg. That's right, as in Boss Hogg. Principal Jeff Hogg sends a note home at the start of the school school year. Uh, yes. Please hit my child if they fuck up. Or no, you are not allowed to hit my child when they fuck up. Well, parents of one young lady said, yes, you have permission to hit my daughter with your paddle if she fucks up. Well, she did. So (laughs) brought her in there. And uh, Principal Hogg rolled up his sleeves and said, all right, here you go. Can you imagine how hard he was when he did that? I don't know if I could live my, with myself. You know, I mean, if this was 1976, maybe. If it was a boy, maybe. But I don't know. To me, it's just a little bit strange to uh, bring in like a 15, 16-year-old chick and Hit her as hard as you fucking can with a with a paddle. I think corporal punishment is more of a, a boy thing, don't you? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little hung up on that. Well, anyway, um, an, East High, an East Texas high school principal who did this exact thing and heard her is not going to be criminally prosecuted. That sounds about right for Texas. That's kind of like they're they're like their own country, you know. The county district attorney 
filed a motion to dismiss the case, which came up from an August 14th incident. August. I wonder why it was August 14. I mean, maybe school starts early there. Or maybe this was like a uh, summer school type of thing. Anyway, Principal Jeff Hogg hit the unnamed female student with a paddle. He was arrested in September on one count of assault. He was released on bond and quickly returned to his duties as principal as the DA investigated. In a motion to dismiss the case, the DA's office cited an email from the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services that found the alleged abuse did not actually occur. Oh, wait a minute. Did you hit her or not? I mean, you could have hit her and then it uh, could have been deemed not abusive. I don't know, though, how you can you can say that, though. How can you? I mean, if you hit the person, that is abuse. But sometimes mom and dad say, yeah, it's okay for you to abuse. You know, we're all about abusing. I know that my mom and dad abused me and I abused my kids. I think we need to desensitize the word abuse for uh, ass kicking. And there are times that kids need their asses kicked. Uh, I used to, with Jim and Jack, uh, not so much Maddie. uh, I don't know why, but when it was regarding Jim and Jack, I go, son of a bitch, if you... You are going to be smacked as hard as I can possibly smack you on the ass. If I caught them and man, would they run? And then if I got a hold of them, they would put their hands back there. So, you know, you'd swing and they would block it. And so I don't know how effective I ever was at giving out ass kickings when I was trying to abuse my kids. Uh, Chris says parents shouldn't be able to allow others to hit their kids. That's the dumbest thing I've read today. That's up to the parents to dole out. So are you telling me that if the school says, hey, we have an option for you. If your kids fuck up in school, we will hit them. Are you okay with that? What What's wrong with that? And if the parents can say yes or no. You're saying that the parents shouldn't be allowed to give permission? Uh, Rich says, you know, the principal smelled the paddle afterwards. In a motion to dismiss the case, the DA's office cited in an email from the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services that found that the alleged abuse did not occur. The motion also noted that Boss Hogg had acted in accordance with the school district's corporal punishment policy and that he had the authority of the student's parent. A justice of the peace approved the motion and ordered the case be dismissed this week. Texas is one of 17 states that allows public school educators to use corporal punishment, which includes hitting, spanking, paddling, or deliberately inflicting pain to discipline students. God damn, just reading that. That's enough to scare the shit out of a student. When it says hitting, I mean, because they're not specific as to where you can hit. Can Can you like, you know, close fist, right, bust his nose? Can you do that? 
A school district's board of trustees must adopt a policy allowing the practice, and parents can opt their student out of corporal punishment by providing written notice to the district. Boy, this is pretty popular in Texas. That school uh, is one of 8,758 Texas high schools that used corporal punishment on students um, as recently as 27, 2018, the most recent year for which data is available. According to the document, Hogg hit the girl three times and the student had visible bruising at least 48 hours after the incident. Okay, so I don't know. It just says he hit her. It doesn't say how he hit her. It doesn't say. uh, Actually, it does later in the article. She then, after she was hit, she went to complain to the county sheriff's office. The school gets uh, allows ch- uh, students to choose between paddling or in-school suspension. In this case, she chose paddling. And the student's parent and another female witness remained in the room. Wow! So mom gets to... The, so it's kind of like, all right, uh, you will have a paddling. And then mom is there to watch it? Oh, my God. So mom and whoever the female witness is has to be in the room... That's the policy. After receiving two hits, the student said she was hurt and didn't want the third hit. Well, of course you don't want it. But the affidavit states both Hogg and the mom encouraged the student to complete the punishment. Hit her again. Hit her again. (laughs) No, no. The student decided to follow through and receive the third hit. God damn. That's it. If you're a parent that allows that to happen, that is, uh, that's a tough one because, you know, parents don't, it's kind of like, um, You're supposed to protect your kids, but you feel like you're not because you're allowing them to get hit. But in a way, you're teaching them a lesson. Um, I don't know if I could do this. In fact, I'll just tell you right now, there's no way that I would have the nerve to allow this to happen to my kid. I'm too much of a softy and a pussy. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Now, maybe if they were like total fucking hellions, I could see um, my mindset changing, you know. But fuck, I want to know what she did to deserve that. You know, maybe give me some perspective so that I can like, oh, well, fuck her. I mean, she did this. I mean, what if she like, um, you know, what if there's like a special needs kid in the hall and uh, she tripped her or, or punched a kid in the face or something like that. You know, it's got to be really heinous. Let's try to get some. Uh, I wish there was more clarity to this. A forensic pediatrician who evaluated photographs of the child's in- injuries said that the injuries were consistent with abuse. According to the affidavit, still the district attorney said that such phrasing is popular for scientific testimony, but may not be sufficient reliably. Research has reportedly found that corporal punishment does not benefit students and can worsen their mental health 
and lead to increased aggression and antisocial behavior. The American Academy of Pediatrics has urged states to abandon the practice in favor of nonviolent behavioral strategies such as restorative justice, conflict resolution, and individual therapy. Boy, I don't have enough brains to know what restorative justice is. For a long time, Texas has discussed banning this. You would argue that uh, Democrats would be on one side, and, and that's exactly right. One representative is a former um, school teacher and a Democrat has carried a bill to eliminate the practice in each biennial session for the past 18 years. This year, the bill did make it onto the House floor. However, however, Republican lawmakers referenced what? This is your homework assignment. Fill in the blank. Republican lawmakers referenced what? To argue that schools should be allowed to continue the practice. Now, after that line, I think they should not continue the practice. What did Republican lawmakers reference to argue that schools should be allowed to hit children with paddles? Can you guess? Ding, ding, ding. Becca Shea has it right. The Bible. Oh, no. Corey thought it was the Quran. I think he's being a smart ass because that's what he does. Uh, Corey says also emotional abuse has longer effects. The school should switch to that. Chris describes it as nonviolent free market solutions. Hit her hog. She's loud. Let's see. I wish I'd. Save this in a place that I can get it quickly. But I can't, so fuck it. Everyone approve a point. Reference the Bible. We will then all know you are stupid. Point made, says Ben Weller. Rich adds so much for the old separation of church and state thing. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know, man. Come on. As soon as it gets to that point, well, we're referencing the Bible here. No, it it really is. You're right. It's supposed to be a separation of church and state. Uh, uh, Biblical teachings should not influence political lawmakers. Um, After they referenced it, the bill. Oh, you're right. And the bill was defeated uh, 86 to 58. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Again, I wish this article talked about what the kid did. That's the most important thing here. Uh, This story might make our very own Aram happy. 
How often have we talked about on this show uh, something to do with uh, uh, right and wrong when it comes to hunting? Now, you all know where I stand. We absolutely have to have hunting. In fact, I think uh, deer season, rifle, rifle firearms deer season starts very, very soon, right? Is it November 1? Michigan fire, or is it the 15th? Uh, archery has been well underway. Okay. It goes October. Archery is October 1 to November 14th, and then you got to take a break because then regular firearm is November 15 to 30. And then December 1 to January 1 is more archery. Also, muzzle loading firearms, December 2 to the 11th in different zones. Late. Antlerless firearm, uh, December twelve to January one, and it's a it's a damn good thing too because they're everywhere right now. It's very important that these hunters go out and uh, call the deer population. Believe it or not, there's a lot of uh, science that goes into hunts. Very, very important that uh, there's a balance so that the deer that are there can thrive. There's important factors when it comes to um, hunting. Like if you lay down uh, like apples, I th- I'm pretty sure that's illegal. You can't like lay down the bait because there's a problem with something called chronic wasting. If the deer is sick and the deer bites into an apple and then he goes, oh, this is a good apple, but I'm only going to eat half of it. I'll come back for it to, for the rest later. And then another deer bites into that apple, that deer's got chronic wasting disease, and then it, it spreads, it's horrible. Uh, massive amounts of the deer population die that way, so you can't, like, throw the bait out there. I guess you can put, like, a, like a natural plot. You can plant various uh, things, uh, grasses and whatnot, that the deer can eat. I've about exhausted the extent of my knowledge on hunting. Well, this guy was hunting and uh, the deer killed the guy. The guy's dead. Like he shot the deer and then the deer's like, oh, fuck you, fuck you. And then he goes back up to the deer and then the deer still has a little bit of gusto and manages to kill the guy. Now, let me just tell you, this is the type of story that uh, makes Aram actually happy. Some hillbilly in Kentucky dead after struggling with a wounded deer. 37-year-old Jared Hosfeld of Versailles, Kentucky. This is who it happened to. Initial reports said he was tracking and trying to harvest the deer at the time. The Anderson County Coroner's Office removed the guy. It doesn't... I don't think it says... How the fuck, what happened, you know? Was the was the deer like laying there and then it, uh, it it got up and one of the antlers buried itself in the guy's carotid artery? 
I can promise you there are people, if this article is posted somewhere on any social media where people can comment, there's going to be people that are going to be like, oh, thank God the good guys won one. Rooting for the deer. Um, so yeah, the guy, the guy's fucking dead. This, this is horrible. Now I'm not, I'm not the type that would ever root for the deer to me. Uh, I couldn't do it, I, but then again, I don't even like fishing. You know, it's just, I look, if it comes to anything meat, I'm just going to go to the freezer. Um, you mountain men who, uh, who, who, you know, kill your deer and, then, you know, you hang it up at deer camp. There's a spot in Grayling. There's one particular day. It's probably the opening of firearms deer season when, um, they have like a, a hanging pole right on the side of, uh, of the, of the highway. And, um, they have a contest. So you, you bring your deer after you get out of the woods and, and you hang it up. So you drive by and it's, it's, you know, like game of thrones, all these deers are just strung up and everybody's getting fucking hammered and butt fucking. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's an absolute fiesta. You want to go there just to see how these animals operate. You will never see so much mossy oak in your entire life and side by side vehicles and other hillbilly shit. You know, uh, that's a world that I just want to see. I just want to infiltrate and just see what they do, what they do. I will eat their food, okay? Uh, and then they, I, I guess, process the deer right there. Fucking nuts, man. It's a lot of work for food. Jesus. Uh, Linda says, our brothers would try to trick us into eating venison. I'll never trust their chili, sloppy joes, etc." Kyle says we need to control the deer population to help prevent car accidents and deer destroy farmers' crops. If you don't support hunting deer, you hate small businesses. Um, uh, Charity Scam Mike, who hunts, he says that up north at Fear Bunker North, it's uh, the deer tastes like shit. They taste like pine. And it's not good. Because it, I guess he described it as um, the, the, the type of meat is how it tastes is based on what the deer eat. So these fucking deer eats whatever, whatever, I don't know, pine cones. Who knows? But you go to different areas of the state where they eat differently. And then the, the actual meat tastes different. I have no idea if there's anything to that. But holy shit. Uh, Nick, who is the show Hilljack, says, this is why I carry a handgun when bow hunting. Uh, we are greatly reduced in our Hilljacks, by the way, ever since the great Zaniac exodus of last year. But there are still a few. Nate is a Hilljack. Uh, Nick, Hilljack. But we need more Hilljacks. You know, some of you are wannabes. Okay. But typically... Uh, a hilljack is, um, well, hunts, fishes, owns property, uh, has money and, um, works like not at a desk, typically skilled trades. It doesn't matter what could be carpentry, could be pipe fitter, 
could be electrician, um, whatever, construction, concrete, mason. Cole says he's a hilljack. Chris says recovering hilljack. I don't hunt anymore. Chris says drives a maroon Silverado. That's I have one of those. Yes, I'm a I'm a wannabe hilljack. When they say me, when they see me, they think I'm one of their kind, but I'm not. Tyler says hilljacks pay for everything with cash, like green money, cold hard cash. Hilljacks don't believe in banks. They just uh, like stuff it in a mattress or bury it or something like that. Uh, Hilljacks buy gold. So like Nick and uh, Nate, they probably have like, you know, gold coins. Chris says a let's go Brandon sticker. Sure, sure. Um, They have one of those uh, bug out kicks. Uh, kits, not kicks, bug out kit. Like occasionally you'll see something advertised for like um, Patriot meals where you can get like 30 days worth of food to put in your bunker. Uh, Nick says he keeps all of his money in brass and lead. There you go. These are all traits of show hilljacks. Cole, what are you? Because, you know, uh, what type of work do you do? You know, these are people who um, are the type of uh, folks who, um, like, they work all week, and then 5 o'clock comes on Friday, and they they crank up, like, working for the weekend by Loverboy, and they're getting ready to blow off some steam. And they do not get out of their work clothes when they go to the bar. So oftentimes they'll strut into like the tavern wearing like a fluorescent shirt with reflective tape on it and just muscle up to the bar. Their hands are all fucked up and dirty. They smell like cock. And then they very quickly knock back like five beers in eight minutes. Uh, the band is uh, a local townie band playing like uh, uh, BTO, taking care of business. Maybe something by 38 Special. They'll go deep into the Leonard Skinnerd. These are all things that exist in your world on a regular basis. You have no dress shoes, just boots usually made by a company called uh, Red Wing. Aram says, I don't think they'd play Loverboy. I think ZZ Top's just got paid. That's what happens. That's a day in the life of any show Hilljack. Now we had a mass exodus of those butt fucks. Uh, when the great Zaniac exodus happened, but that was, that had to be okay. Uh, Ben Weller says, damn, Hilljacks can afford Red Wings. Hilljacks top out 
that probably, you know, if they've done their, if they've gotten into a good trade, um, you know, they're probably sitting at age 30 at like $140,000 a year. They work about 140 hours a week. I don't even think there's that many hours in a week. Yeah, there is just barely. They sleep about one hour a day. Half of their money goes into amphetamines and lewds. Uh, and they and they they live to be about 38 years old. That's the average life, life expectancy. And they usually die on the job. Frequently, masons who die, they just push them right into the cement and just cement over them. And then that's it. You never see him again. Never see. Hey, where's the body? Well, he's a mason. He's in the cement. Oh, okay. We're going to get a new mason in here. Aram says it sounds like Eric is getting sentimental about his zaniacs. No, not at all. And that's about it for our friends who are hilljacks and love to hunt. And be careful around those deer. Okay, you never know. I, we, we don't have how this guy died. But uh, uh, like Nick says, when he's bow hunting, he has his pistol at his side. It's a good man right there. All right. Um, update. We were talking yesterday on the show about the death of American Hockey League player Adam Johnson. The Pittsburgh Penguins honored him at their game the other night. He, uh, uh, you know, about 10, 15 games in the NHL, but uh, more than 300 games in the American Hockey League and was playing in England of all places when a skate blade hit him in the neck and uh, severed that major artery and he was dead within minutes. We talked about how there's been a lot of injuries like that over the years and I don't recall anybody actually dying. Johnson was only 29. And uh, it brought about a, something that I've been talking about for a long time. Since as long as I've been on the radio, or since as long as my kids were in hockey, my son, I should say, I was always like, why? That's why I said to Jamie Tardiff, why don't you wear? I go, do you agree that a neck guard can save your life? Agree. Would you ever consider wearing one? Absolutely not. Why? Because we don't, because we're hockey players, because we're men, we're not little boys. That's the mentality. Now, I can't think of anything that sounds more dumb than that. In fact, until I start seeing a hockey player wearing a neck guard, I mean, why would you, if you run hockey, if you're the boss of hockey, I don't know, what's his name? Gary Bettman? I think that's him. In the next collective bargaining agreement, just for their own good, make them wear a neck guard. It's like a thin piece of um, Kevlar that you um, put around your neck. It's a band and it covers the skin and it saves you from death. My God, this is the simplest thing. There are teams in the American Hockey League, like the Milwaukee Admirals, their ownership makes them wear a plastic um, shield over the skate to protect the foot, okay? Because too often, if you take a puck off a skate, um, you can break your foot. 
So that team actually requires that the players wear those. And I don't know if it's because they don't want they they got sick and tired of fucking medical bills for guys having broken feet. I I don't get it. To me, this makes hockey players the dumbest athletes on the planet. For two reasons. Not only that neck guard, like I talked about yesterday, but the fact that they leave their face exposed. Uh, Mitch Callahan, when he when he ate that puck on the ice, which I witnessed. Which I should show you. It's so bad. This is... You are not going to be happy when you see this. This is so gross. Okay. Five, four, it's coming. Three, two. Okay. There it is. He got hit in the mouth with a puck and it destroyed his mouth. I was right there when it happened. Brian Lashoff skated over and started picking up his face for him while he skated off. And then he posted that selfie right away from the locker room. Bob Kayser and Larry Fugursi, uh Larry Fugursky were doing the game. And if you listen, were to hear that broadcast, Bob's just doing the play call and Larry happens to glance at his phone and he sees it. And on the air, he goes, Oh my God. Mitch just posted a picture of his face. Holy shit. And then, so uh, a good portion of his teeth left his his body then. The following year, it happened again to him. Uh, The puck picked up the spare and got the rest of his teeth. I just don't understand. Well, now there's talk after the death of Adam Johnson about something that I've talked about many times myself. And that is, uh, the headline reads, Death of Hockey Player Adam Johnson Puts Neck Guards into New Focus. While some organizations mandate certain pieces of safety equipment like masks, or talking about youth hockey, pads and certain guards, neck guards aren't always mandated. And it's remarkable because... Those, uh, the skate blades, I mean, they can cut through anything in an instant. Incredibly sharp. So uh, feet are flying around at incredible. If there's any pile up, the blades are going to be flying and hitting indiscriminate people. And, uh, if it hits, God, the neck, think about that. Uh, it's just another piece of hockey equipment that can eventually save a life, said Milo's host, the owner of hockey locker in Milwaukee. He's sold them in stores for years. Uh, after the death, neck guards are now back in the debate on sports safety. When my kid played, you had to wear one. There was no, there was no, um, a way you couldn't, if you didn't have one on, you couldn't play. We talked about it last night. I said to my daughter, you got to wear a neck guard. Uh, he's making her wear when she plays for the Milwaukee June junior admirals, everything else you have. So, it's hard to believe that the guy who owns the hockey safety equipment store didn't put one of those on his daughter in the first place. Oops. How is that even possible? He owns a store where he sells the equipment and it took the death of Adam Johnson for this asshole to make his daughter wear one. 
He says everything else you have to wear, elbow pads, shin pads, all that kind of stuff. But this to me is very important. Well, it should be to everybody. I don't know why this has taken so long. USA Hockey is the national governing body over amateur hockey in the U.S. Brian Belgraf. And neck guards are not mandated, but they are recommended. Tell me, give me a good reason why. If they said, well, neck guards uh, give you a 99% chance of cancer. Okay. I mean, there's the argument can be made, but I, I don't hear any good reason why not to. As far as professional hockey goes, neck guards are not mandatory. They're either the Nashville Predators affiliate team, the Milwaukee Admirals, who I mentioned earlier with the uh, shield, uh, plastic shields over their skates, say this. Our goalies may wear a little extra equipment there, more for puck protection, because obviously pucks are flying there, sticks are flying in there, but we don't have any position players that are doing it said John Greenberg, the president of the Milwaukee Admirals. Greenberg says they do mandate wrist guards and cut-proof socks, which are a thing. Yeah, okay. You want to make sure that the wrist is okay, but uh, leave the neck exposed to uh, flying blades. Uh, Those areas are far more likely to have somebody with a skate get near you. Well, yeah, all right, great. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. I just don't get it. If somebody who knows anything about hockey could explain to me why it's a bad idea, I would love to hear that out. Uh, Host, the guy who owns a hockey safety store, says that weight of skates has actually changed over the years, and it has changed the game. You can get hurt a lot quicker than back in the day. The Southeastern Hockey Association of Wisconsin says neck guards are not mandatory, but so nobody gives a shit. So this is a obviously a Wisconsin-based story. That's making the rounds, but motherfuck, you assholes. Why would you not do this? Tyler says there is only one reason. It doesn't look cool. Similar thing happened in IndyCar open wheel racing, says Kyle. Few driver deaths made sport. Put a shield over driver's area where they sat. Referring to Mitch Callahan's face, which I'll link up in the show notes. The team dentist saw that happen and said, God damn it. I'm going to have to spend the rest of the week fixing this asshole's mouth. Um, Jimmy says, just don't fall down. Jimmy, question for you. Were, uh, there was a guy going by the name Jimmy Stinson when I was doing uh, Who Are These Broadcasters with uh, Don Jameson and Christian Blatt when we were reviewing the Kiss Tom Snyder video interview. Was that you? Because I wrote, I sent you a text. I go, I see you in the chat. Was that actually you that was participating in the chat? Or was it, Was there? Is there another person named Jimmy Stinson? That was you. Okay. Uh, Bob says, this is just about as dumb to not um, to do as the dummies who refuse to put on a helmet riding a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. A motorcycle or a pedal bike. 
Anything on wheels needs a helmet. Yeah, I, I don't understand. And when I see um, the people on motorcycles without a helmet, you know, those are known as organ donors. So if your state makes it okay to ride without a helmet, which in Michigan you can, um, you are an organ donor. And I, I'm, I'm happy that you're there. I'm happy that you are so stupid because in the unlikely event that you are involved in a crash, it is likely that you will die because your head is going to hit the damn pavement so damn hard. And then that's it. Life support, harvest the organs, off you go. Thank you for saving so many lives. We need more of you who ride motorcycles to not wear a helmet. Okay? More of you. Tyler describes it not as a motorcycle, but as a donor cycle. Absolutely. When I used to ride my scooter to work, top speed 40, I'd wear that helmet. And on the back, I had a bumper sticker that said, loud pipes save lives. Because I'm making fun of those asshole motorcyclists with their fucking stupid, retarded, loud pipes. Bob says no helmet, t-shirt, shorts, lane splitting on the highway. In my opinion, the only motorcycle that is acceptable is a very quiet Honda Goldwing or anything with the most noise suppression possible and wear a helmet. But you know that isn't going to happen because you got all these wannabe patriots like Lonely Nick who want to look like they're in a fucking biker gang. Chris says straight pipes, then a goddamn stack of speakers to crank simple man. Hill Jack. Aram says, I wish we still had that video where Eric provided an overview of the scooter. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe it's around somewhere. No idea. Well, anyway, I am just shocked that that actually happens. Ridiculous. Okay. Meanwhile, thank you to Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for the Eric Zane Show podcast. So here, picture this. You have a business. And um, you work your ass off because owning a business, you're, well, you're doing just that. You're one of the workforce at the business. Um, the company that you own that you take care of these employees, they're getting restless because the equipment is so old. The computers need to be upgraded. You know that, well, I got to invest in the business. I have to make sure my employees have everything they need to succeed for whatever, whatever the line of work is. I don't give a shit. What are you going to do? Nowadays with changing tech and you and I not knowing anything about what we actually need from a computer sense, if we just start buying shit off Amazon, we're going to be like, well, I didn't buy enough or I bought too much or I didn't buy the right thing or whatever. Oh my God. Time is money. Then you're left trying to figure it out. 
Just have a 30-minute complimentary consultation with Blue Frost IT. So you can find out what your business needs. 616-285-50. Mention me. If you need a quick fix with any of your tech, they can help you with that too. 616-285-50. Project work. Uh, if you're doing like new construction, you want to rewire a room or an office so that your tech is all set up the way it needs to be. They do all of that. And they can work as your managed IT service provider as they do for me. If anything happens, technologically speaking, I call on Blue Frost IT. I have a boots on the ground team that can help me. They can remote in and take care of troubleshoot a problem, or they can be here to take care of it for me. 616-285-50. When it comes to health insurance, you work for the man. The man says, hey, here's part of your benefits package, an insurance policy that costs you next to nothing. Wonderful. Hey, I want to add my wife and three kids. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, that'll be nine fifty a month. What? Worse yet, six hundred a paycheck. Whatever the cost, and you have to use the insurance that they're providing. You got one chance or one shot, uh, one option, I should say. How about this option that just started this year? You go ahead and utilize the insurance that your boss is offering you. But the rest of the family, explore healthcare.gov. New this year, this is a new thing you can do. You couldn't do this in years past. Why this is important is because you get a wide selection of different policies for your family, what's right for them. And if you keep your earning below a certain threshold, and it's a high threshold, uh, the government will subsidize the premium payment. So that means you can get better insurance that costs more, but don't pay for it. Okay, that's how healthcare.gov works. Explore this with Frank Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance. It could save you hundreds of dollars on a really good insurance policy for your family. All I want you to do is check out this website. Buy, B-U-Y, buyinsurancehere.com. Fill out the form and talk to Frank. You can have a phone meeting face-to-face. He comes to you. You go to him. You meet at the coffee shop. This is just breaking the ice. Buyinsurancehere.com. Thank you, Frank. Last but not least, my friends at the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Working hard to make sure that you have the best interest rate possible for your mortgage. They're high now. There's no question. Uh, But they will go down in, uh, well year and a half, maybe two, they'll be going down. But you're like, I don't want to wait that long. I want to get in my house now. Now you're going to pay a lot more each month for that house. But when it comes time for the interest rates to fall, uh, you're going to dramatically see a reduction in your monthly payment because you're going to refinance it for the lower rate. Maybe even low, uh, uh, shorten the term. You know, If you're paying 8% on a 30-year fixed, okay, and then... As the rate falls, you could pay the same or less on a 15-year fixed. My point is, do it with the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. They'll help you every step of the way. And once they, uh, it's service after the sale, after you get a mortgage through Mario, 
He wants to make sure that you're happy 12, 15, 18, 24 months down the road to make sure that you have the best options for you because rates will fluctuate. And if they go down, you're going to want to get a different loan. So get into a loan now. Start paying on that home that you want and quit paying a landlord. If you've owned your home for extensive time, you can get money out of your home. If you need money for whatever, uh, maybe you want to do some home improvements or go on a trip or something like that. Call Mario from anywhere in the U.S., 231-332-6505 today. Kyle, who's also in that industry, says, I'm working on a mortgage right now. Dude uh, got a 9.25% rate. He had bad credit, but he'll refi in a year. That's what I'm talking about. But whatever you do, don't reach out to Kyle. Reach out to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. It is time for the asshole of the day. Short time ago, my sign that says asshole of the day fell off of this desk. And it's impossible to get to. So I have to get up. Stand by. Uh, yesterday's asshole of the day was Harbaugh. There were some people butthurt about that. <laughs> you can't make fun of Michigan. Thin-skinned twats. Tyler says, I just found out my mortgage is going up by $300 a month. Oh, no. Did you get the dreaded arm? Ugh. Did you get the adjusted ra- adjustable rate mortgage or a, or a flex loan? Which should be described as a, as a fuck loan because that's what it does to you. No, uh, he had a negative escrow. They said, hey, you're under pain. Yeah, that does happen. I'm glad you said that you did not get an adjustable rate mortgage. Those are shit. Those arm loans single-handedly caused the um, real estate crisis in uh, 08. Uh, All right. Asshole of the day. What are we going with here? Let's see. Talked about Trump being on uh, my old show. Ben, uh, Justin quitting his podcast. How about Nikki, where she lives in Lisbon, Lisbon, Maine. Wanting to install a caring bench for the guy who killed everybody in Maine. What the fuck? Uh, TC Paintball gives the award to Lisbon residents for wanting that to happen. How dumb is that? My God, that is going to do it for me, the Eric St. Show podcast on this Halloween night, Halloween day, I should say. 
Uh, be on Compound Media today at 4 p.m. Actually, 4.15 with Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. We're filling in for Anthony once again. That is my time. You folks have a great day. I will talk to you down the road. This is the Eric Zane Show Podcast. Bye-bye.